Hello. Hello, this is Jay here from designfootball.com. Who am I speaking to? It's Rich Johnson from Football Attic. <laughs> nice to speak to you, Rich. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. It's too bloody hot, though. Uh, so uh, I'm just sitting here in my in my daughter's bedroom, and I've had to put her curtains... Like, she's got blackout curtains, so I've closed them because it's absolutely roasting in here. <laughs> okay, that's uh, an incredible amount of detail. I could go into more detail, but you don't want it. No. Oh, um... <laughs> You, I really don't. Uh, yeah, don't never complain about the heat. Um, it gets cold in England. Yeah, but I don't mind the cold because I'm large, so it's better for me. Uh, okay, that's an interesting outlook. Okay, <laughs> so what we thought we'd do is uh, have uh, an offshoot of the Football Attic podcast. That's what I'm going to call it. Is that okay with you? If you want, I'll well, no, we'll, we'll, we'll call it something better than that. We'll, we'll think of a name, and it'll be better than the offshoot. Yeah, better than the... Well, well it's not going to be better than the, the Football Attic podcast. That's impossible. Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> it couldn't, couldn't possibly be that. But we thought we'd do a special podcast uh, to celebrate all things that are great about world international football. Or, as we like to call it, uh, possibly getting sued, the Brazil 2014 FIFA World Cup. Hey, I'm going to call it that. Stick it, FIFA. Yeah. Come get, come get me. Come at me, bro. <laughs> Take that. Sep. Yeah, yeah, blatter, you twatter or something. I don't know. Oh, well, you've gone with that, haven't you? Yeah, okay. that's it. Have you enjoyed the World Cup so far? No, it's been rubbish. No, that's <laughs> that's a lie. No, it, it's been absolutely fantastic. I'm, I am quite staggered by how good it's been. Considering, I suppose, see, as as I've mentioned on some of the Attic podcasts when we've talked about World Cup memories, I, I kind of got spoiled by hitting it with Mexico 86, which was, you know, one of the good ones. And then we had USA 94, which was another good one. <clears throat> and obviously Italia 90 has its memories because uh, England did rather well, like we have done this time. Um, uh, but I think after that, I think they got quite boring at times. I mean, Germany was all right, but South Africa was god-awful. I, I, there's a South African guy at work, and he keeps saying, oh, yeah, man, the South African one was really great. And it's like, no, it was terrible. <laughs> it was an absolutely awful World Cup. I mean, I think I tweeted some stat out the other day about the fact that after nine games, there have been 26 goals or something, or 28, I think it was. Um, and at the same stage in South Africa, there have been about nine or something ridiculous, like that, or 13. And it's like, it's continuing that vein. All the teams seem to be actually going out and playing for them. I mean, apart from a couple of the minor nations, which, you know, you can't really blame them for trying to just defend through the games because they're just trying not to lose. But um, but mostly it's been really open. The amount of goals that we've had is fantastic. So, yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. And you, Jay? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that entirely. I think South Africa 2010 was one of the worst things that's ever happened to the planet. Not just I, I would agree. It's worse, it's... Than, and it's worse than global warming. Mm. Well, yeah, you would say that because you hate the heat. <laughs> but I'm, I'm a big fan, so uh, yeah. Of global I mean, warming. Of global warming, yeah. <laughs> Anything that that keeps me warm and potentially ends all life is <laughs> yeah, exactly. is, is a great De- thing in my book. Go deforestation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That I, I wish that uh, Paddy Power thing had been real. I was quite disappointed when I realised that um, they hadn't carved. Go England or whatever it was into the rainforest. That was, that was a problem for me. Yeah, and me. I, I was hoping to see some indigenous people really, uh, you know, uprooted and lost all their home and traditions. You've <laughs> made it too real now. It's, <laughs> My personal uh, prejudice is coming out now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah, hate the trees. Them. Yeah. 
Anyway, <clears throat> yeah, moving football. on back to the World Cup. Yeah, Let's football's stay on thing. track. Uh, yeah, so great World Cup, South Africa twenty ten, awful World Cup. So I don't think we should be comparing it with that, but it, is, it maybe is the greatest World Cup there's ever been. Because I, I remember Italian 19, and that that was the first World Cup, because I'm quite younger than you. <laughs> and uh, that was the first World Cup that I actually paid attention to, and I, I loved it. But everyone who you speak to who watched several World Cups say well, the, def- the football was really defensive, uh, there weren't many goals, it, it's, it was just really stoic as a World Cup um, and South Africa 2010 probably was similar to that yeah like you say there have been others USA 94 was a good one and I think one of the main reasons USA 94 was good was because uh, England weren't in it so you could actually enjoy it as a neutral and that happens a lot with the Euros uh, I tend to find uh, Euro 2008 was fantastic because you just could sit back relax and enjoy the football and that's that's what's going to happen now as well with this one because we've had the uh, the disappointment of England going out. And I am really, really disappointed. I, I'm really hurt by it and in a way that I never thought thought was possible. I suppose we, we should really get that out of the way. What what were your feelings on, on England's early exit? Um, I'll be honest, and I'm probably going to get put in the tower for this, but I really wasn't overly fussed. But I think that's because I wasn't expecting anything great from them. I mean, like, before the World Cup, everybody was saying, well, we're not expecting to do well. We're not really expecting to get out of the group. So, you know, let's let's just go there and enjoy it, you know, and see what happens, blah, blah. And then as soon as we start losing, everyone's like, why are we losing? It's like, well, because naturally we're in the transition phase. You know, that's where we went. That's what everybody said beforehand. But it's as with England at the World Cup every time. As soon as we get there, everyone forgets everything that's been said prior to that and starts going, why aren't we winning it? And it's like, because we're not good enough, that's why. Um so I don't know. I, I mean, I was I was happy with the, the way they played against Italy. I thought they were very good. I, I thought the the you could see our defensive frailties because at times we just got you know left wide open, and I think that's what ultimately undid us. I think it was, and okay, we couldn't break through. I think we're in a team. I think we are a team that is, like I say, in transition. I think we will, you know, we will get better. Um, but I was, I was talking to um, someone about this the other day and I made the point that I think half of our problem in this country is the fact that we have our expectations in general are too high. Cause it's like, and I think one of the problems for that is us winning the World Cup in 66 in the first place. Because I think had we never have won the World Cup, I don't think we'd have such high expectations because it's almost like we've done it before. So the expectation is that we can do it again. It's possible. Whereas I don't think we've ever actually been that good on the, on the international stage. I think there's always been other nations that have been better than us, but we still somehow seem to think that we are one of the top nations. And I don't know, I suppose we should be, but I just, if you look back through history at the, and the tournaments and results, it doesn't bear out at all. We're not, you know, we are quarter finalists. Realistically, we're not any better than that. So, that's my take on it. Yeah, I, I agree to a certain extent. But the, I think England should have done better over time. And, and if you look at performances in World Cups, there is generally that, that idea that they've done well and then it, it's always something that goes wrong. It's not the team is better than England necessarily. It's just something stupid goes wrong, like penalty shootouts. And to get through a tournament... Let's say I'm beaten. I, I'm. I'm not. I don't remember the stats, but to to get knocked out on penalties in in FIFA's eyes and FIFA is all knowing. Uh, for them to say it's it's a draw and it's not actually a defeat. If you 
don't lose, then why have you been knocked out of the tournament? So there is that feeling of um, what, what might have been with England a lot of the time. Something I noticed the other day is one of the stupid morning programmes is has got a montage of, of them waving flags and I think they're singing Three Lions and, and the, the line in Three Lions obviously was 30 years of hurt. Since that song was released, there have been 18 years of hurt. There have been more than half the years of hurt that are mentioned in that song, <coughs> which I just... I mean, that, that obviously talks talks up the longevity of that wonderful piece of music but also i find it quite interesting that we thought ah 30 years of her we'll, we'll get something soon and then 50 percent of that time later still nothing <coughs> but um yeah the the thing with 66 it's nice to hark back to it and it becomes the long, the more time that passes, the bigger sixty six becomes. So it's it's counterproductive to try and get over sixty six. You can't because you have to grip onto it even tighter. The the more time that passes without winning anything. The the other thing is that over recent years with the Premier League and so on, I think it is true that that the Premier League is the best league. And the two players that have knocked England out this time really made their careers notable through playing in the Premier League, Balotelli and, well, all right, Pirlo, but Balotelli and, and Luis Suarez. So you're, you've got this constant reminder of how great the English league is. And this year's World Cup squad was really a showcase of that with Adam Lallana and Sterling and Gerard being captain, what brilliant season Liverpool had. And people are talking them up maybe, I don't, I don't think they'll win the Champions League next season, but it is something that people are getting excited about that, but they have such talent, attacking talent as well. So to then go into a tournament and have one of the worst ever displays in a tournament, possibly the worst ever display, statistically speaking, especially if they lose to Costa Rica, it just seems contradictory for me. Yeah. Yeah? I mean, well, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the funny thing is, is like immediately everybody starts saying about... Um, the Premier League and start saying that you know kind of oh it's because there's too many foreigners in it and blah blah, blah. and I, I really don't subscribe to that viewpoint I, I have a slight take on it which it's kind of similar but not the same I mean like I say if you go back to the 70s we didn't qualify for two World Cups and we had the foreigner rule in there um, and I, did that extend to Scottish players I think it did at the time so you, you could only even have like a couple of Scottish players and that's when Scotland were vaguely good at football <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it's like we failed to qualify for two World Cups in a row. I mean, can you imagine that nowadays? That would just be unheard of. I mean, it's bad enough when we failed to qualify for Euro 2008. That that was that was considered a national disaster. But two World Cups in a row, that would just be horrendous. But the thing is, it's like, I think the problem is, and, and what I find frustrating is that you get players like Suarez and Balotelli that come to the Premiership and then they go off back to their countries and perform really well. And then we have all our top strikers in the Premiership, and yet they don't perform really well. So, and I know there's an argument saying, "Well, it's you know all the foreigners are stopping the younger players coming through." But you don't, we don't take 300 youngsters to the World Cup. You take a squad of 22 players. That's all you need, or 23 or whatever it is. And that's the point. You only take those 23 players. So you can't say that. Well, we're not getting like a bunch of youngsters through because not all of those can go anyway you're still only going to take your top 22 players so the fact that 
all the other strikers of the world and midfielders of the world and defenders, whatever, can come to the Premiership and ply their trade and yet go back and be good for their countries. I mean, I mean, even the, I think the guy that scored for Costa Rica plays for Fulham. I mean, okay, it's not the Premiership now, but you know, it was last year. But it's like, I, I find it really frustrating because it's this whole argument of we'll get the foreigners out, but would that really make a difference? I, don't, I honestly don't think it would. And it, at the same time, it's like. They say, oh, well, the foreigners come here and benefit from playing in the best league in the world. But like I say, so why aren't our players benefiting from it? Because they're playing in it as well. Yeah, that argument makes no sense to me whatsoever. If you're a defender, you're playing against some of the best attackers in the world. So if you're getting into the team, like Cahill's getting in the team and uh, (coughs) Leighton Baines and so on, they're playing against the best strikers in the world, the best wingers in the world, because because we have this foreign talent coming over to the to, to England's and and week in week out because it is still a competitive league compared compared with other leagues particularly Spain I think that most people would agree with that so the idea if, if the English team players that should get through yeah there's a small proportion of the Premier League or in some people's eyes too small a proportion of the Premier League is actually English players but those players must be playing so well and working so hard <coughs> to get into their domestic teams that I don't understand why people would think that the quality is gonna is gonna drop as a result. You you still you still have competition for your place just because that person isn't also English. If you're getting into the team, you're doing pretty well. So yeah, exactly. Nice. I mean, the the top players. If you are playing, like you say, if you are playing for Man United or Liverpool, you are the best at that club. You know, and so whoever, whichever nationality you you are, you should be good because you're playing in. And if again, like you say. You're playing in the top league, so if you've got a team, if you've got a spot in the first in the starting eleven, you are clearly world class. So why the hell is it that when you go and play off on a World Cup somewhere, you suddenly become crap? And yet the same people who are playing alongside you, who are also considered the same level, out you know outshine you. It doesn't. It just doesn't add up. So I don't know. There's a mentality thing in this country. I just I don't know what it is. And I, I think I think we've we've thrived too much in the past on glorious failure. And it always used to annoy me that when we'd get knocked out on penalties or something in the quarterfinals and, and then you'd see the papers next say, Oh brave lions or something and you think, hang on, we didn't win, you know. And I'm not saying that you should knock the guys for in effect drawing, but we didn't win. You know, stop building them up when they've lost. You know, if if they've gone on to win the World Cup, fine. Then they're a bunch of heroic lions. And actually let's not use the word hero, because that just really gets on my nerves. Um but it's just stop celebrating failure. I'm not saying we should castigate them, but why should we celebrate when we've done badly? And and historically in World Cups and, and Euros, we have. We've played poorly. I mean, even Italia 90, we were pretty poor all the way through that tournament. I mean, we, we only just struggled to get out of the group. Um, I mean, okay, I think against Belgium. I mean, against Belgium and, and Germany, we actually played okay, but couldn't, you know, get a winner apart from obviously the 119th minute against Belgium, but and again, Euro '96. You know, there's this big myth that we were like this all-conquering team. I mean, and everyone goes, "Oh yeah, but we beat the Dutch 4-1." And yeah, it was a good performance. But the Dutch were all over the place at that point. Mind you, I've said this before. I'm just ranting, but I just, I just think that there's this attitude in this country that we are somehow, I don't know. Everyone expects us to be better than I think we are. But then at the same time, like you said, in the reverse of that, why shouldn't we be that good? Because we have the best players in the best, supposedly the best league in the world. Yeah. I think we need to move away from there being excuses. I think, obviously we're not going to go into the 
the new ideas about the the B teams in in the division between League Two and the Conference or wherever it's going to be. I, I I don't really understand it. I d- I'm not. I don't even know if I'm, I'm for it or against it. But I just don't think it's going to change anything. No. Um, the the thing is, we yeah, we we just need to to get away from the excuses. Sometimes you play badly. Sometimes you don't. 2002 World Cup. The, the match against Brazil was the final. It was Brazil were always going to win the World Cup after they after they beat England. England had a chance in that World Cup to actually they were one 0 up against Brazil. If they'd held on, they would have gone. I I can't see them losing. They would have played Turkey, I think, in the in the semi final, and then it would have been Germany in the final, who they'd beaten five one in qualification, and still weren't really up to it. Yeah. So I think England probably would have won that World Cup had they not faced Brazil in the... Well, had they managed to get past Brazil in the quarterfinals. But the, aside from that, yeah, they don't play well enough. There's there's luck involved. The difference in this World Cup is that England, yeah, as you say, have actually played okay. They, they did play pretty well against Italy. They played okay against Uruguay. And either of those games, if they had been in the knockout, you would have had those headlines. You would have had the, the Brave Stars, uh, Full Shore or... Uh, Suarez, Suarez comes back to haunt them, but heroes all the same. That kind of thing would have happened for England. Either of those matches, because because there is this narrative, there is the this 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 nice tale of 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 England going into these games and um, getting getting pulling themselves back into the game, equalising, but then the old foe, the the familiar face does for them in the end and it's, it is a it is a nice story in that effect in that respect and yeah it is it's just a shame it was in two group games and and it will be looked at, looked back on statistically but the costa rica game is uh, i've got a funny feeling when cameroon played in 1990 world cup they i think they they beat argentina in the first game um the second game was it romania did they beat romania i think um, and then the third game, I think they were already through, and they played USSR, who were already out or or needed results to go against them. Oh, sorry, that's a, that was actually nineteen ninety four. You're thinking of? It's not. It is. It's not. I know what you're <coughs> going to say. You're going to talk about Oleg Selenko. Well, I'm no, not talking about Oleg Selenko. <laughs> I'm talking about Italia ninety. Cameroon played Argentina. I think. Then I think it was Romania in the second game. And then the last game they played against USSR, and USSR were already out because Maradona handballed it on the line against them. Yeah, you're right, actually. So I apologise, Jay. Yes, I remember that now. You and it's, it's nice, handball. but it's a good parallel because the same thing, as you yeah. say, the same thing happened in the next World Cup. Yeah. Um, but in, in 1990, they lost in the last game, they had to play USSR, and I don't think they needed anything. And USSR were either already out or they needed other results to go their yeah, way. You're right, they were already out. The they're already but out. That's exactly the funny thing is, like the parallel you're about to draw is exactly what happened in '94 as well with yep. both Cameroon and the Soviet Union. Actually, I think were Cameroon through, or did they? I think they might. I have think they went out as well. Actually, though, yeah, they, yeah. Um, but, <coughs> yeah, but in in 1990, so USSR won four 0 <coughs> so absolutely obliterated, out of anger more than anything that that they'd fallen short so badly after reaching the final of uh, of Euro 88 and they went out in the first round in, in Italia 90 so out of anger they destroyed Cameroon for now I think probably Cameroon quite complacent as well so it's interesting what's going to happen in this last group game with England and Costa Rica because 
I think Roy Hodgson's probably going to have Barkley playing, several others. Lampard, most likely his final appearance for England, so he'll he'll probably get a start. And it could be that England actually get a big win against Costa Rica, <coughs> and and which maybe sets them up nicely for Euro 2016 qualification. I don't know. Well, it's, it's like I made the comment the other day. I actually said that we've turned into Scotland because this is exactly what Scotland used to do at World Cups: turn up, lose the first two matches, which you know people it's well in this case nobody really expected us to win those first two matches. But I think Scotland used to turn up, lose to the easy teams, and then whoop the, the last team that they played when they were already out. Um, and then sort of ended up going home with like two points or three points as it would be, and glorious failure, except in 98 where they lost the last match as well. Yeah, I, I, I listened to that podcast where you mentioned these things. It was very good, I must say. Uh, yeah, so, so that is... I, I don't think England should be turning into Scotland. And there is... That that parallel can also be drawn with not a parallel, but uh, if you if you look at the last tournaments, I think two thousand six quarterfinals, twenty ten, the second round, this time first round they go out, so maybe not qualifying for. Oh no, it doesn't matter because they'll qualify as hosts for England twenty eighteen. <laughs> uh, yeah, dream on, Jay. You don't know. Okay, let's. Well, I'll put it like this: if it doesn't go to Russia, it ain't coming to us. You don't think? No, God no, no, we won't get it. No, sorry, mm. we won't. We're not going to host of it. But the funny thing is, actually, actually, a nice point to sort of just a brief discussion on in, in terms of World Cup hosting is <clears throat> when you look at it, considering the size of the Soviet Union, um, it's as it was. Obviously, not. I'm not referring to it in the present. But considering the size of the Soviet Union in the past, and obviously Russia now, it's it is amazing to think that they've never hosted it, because it is, and it's a huge place. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that the decision to, you know, send it there this time was entirely non-political or non-bribery induced. I'm not saying anything of the sort, but it is amazing when you look at the countries and the years that have hosted it. Like for instance, um, Sweden, they hosted it, didn't they? And Switzerland. It's like are these tiny nations. Well, I don't know how big Sweden is, um, but it's like these. You know, in terms of football, um, like Switzerland have, have never really made any great shakes on the world stage, but they hosted one. And there's a whole load of countries. I mean, I can understand, and again, I can understand the reason for taking it to Qatar, other than the big, you know, envelope full of money. Um, <laughs> well, you cause... can't say that. You can't. <clears throat> there, there's a full investigation. You can't. You, you can't make that sort of. Uh, well, you probably can. I can. <laughs> I can say what I want. I can say a lot of things. This is the internet. I can say what I want. Um, but it's like, I can understand the point. And it's uh, when you look at it um, and look at the amount of times that Europe have hosted it. I don't know we are you know, a, a major footballing force in the world. But I can understand FIFA's point in trying to sort of take it, take the world game to the world stage. Um, and I, I don't know. I just When you look at it, it's just like give it to England or give it to a country that's never hosted it before and it's like and we go oh it's not fair we don't get it again it's like but hang on they've never had it at all I'm not referring specifically to Qatar here but just general other countries that have never hosted it before it's like well how is it fair to give it to England again when it's not fair apparently when, you know when it's not fair to <clears throat> to give it to someone who's never hosted it and okay ir- irrespective of footballing pedigree and I know certain countries have hosted it twice um, but 
I mean, well, like Portugal have never hosted a World Cup. So, you know, why not Portugal? Yeah, that's why not Portugal. But <laughs> also, uh, if we're, we're talking about landmass in terms of uh, sort of surface area of the planet taken up by a country, <coughs> I, I hope that they take the, the 2022 World Cup off Qatar and give it to Kazakhstan. That would, well, yeah. Well, why not? If if that's if that's the major thing, I, I just think if England have got everything and they haven't had enough World Cups, so I think England would be a great host for the World Cup. Oh, yeah, I've, I've no doubt it would be really good, <coughs> but it ain't gonna happen. So well, <laughs> until, okay. until we until we resurrect Sir Stanley Rouse. Uh, I'm not sure what you're suggesting there, but I don't think we should do that. I don't think we should we should go down that line. Not not just to qual- not just to host a World Cup. There's got to be uh, more important reasons to do something like that. Okay, <laughs> let's <laughs> not not reasons that I I can I can. I actually, can't think of any. Can't, yeah, I can't put my finger on on. Well, you know, look if necromancy gets us back into hosting World Cups, I don't have a problem with. It. <sighs> you've you've gone there. Okay. <laughs> Right, we should probably speak about Spain. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> well, it, it, the two things that have hurt me the most is, <coughs> has been Spain going out. And I know it's it's enjoyable and it's fun. And it was. It was hilarious. It's, it's the not, only though. thing. The only disappointing thing is that I was away on a work conference and I was, eat, I was having dinner in a really nice hotel in a castle somewhere. Oh, woe is me. When the Spain chili match was on. So I didn't actually get to see it live. And that's the only disappointing thing. I wanted to see them cry. Yeah, I like to see people cry, but I don't. <laughs> just, I don't... Look, just look in the mirror, then, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Go on, it was back going to so Spain. well. <laughs> back uh, to Spain. Yes, yeah, Spain. Yeah, <clears throat> it is great when you when you see when the tournament opens up like that. When the tournament opened up in two thousand and two, uh, it, it became an opportunity for so many teams that that believed the bookies and just went, okay, we're fourth favourite, so we're going to go to the semi-finals, we're going to go to the quarter-finals. In 2002, it opens up and it, and, and suddenly anything is possible. Uh, for, for lots of, of teams that you would never even dream of, of reaching the final, not that it mattered in the end because Brazil and Germany got to the final, so it just seemed like a standard. If you look back on it, it just seemed like a standard World Cup. But with Argentina going out, Argentina and France were joint favourites before that tournament started and they both went out in the first round. Um, I'm not going to suggest for a second that Spain and England were joint favourites of this World Cup, but Spain was certainly up there, or, or, or were being disregarded, and in a way that I don't really understand. Either either people assumed that they would reach at least the semi-finals, so didn't bother talking about them, or for some reason uh, people predicted their demise. But yeah, it's it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't. I, I don't like change that quickly. I don't like knowing the the constant being removed is is a problem for me. So yeah, but Sp- if you go back to prior to two thousand eight, Spain going out in the first round was a constant. Was it? Yeah, not it the first was. round. Yeah, it was yeah, always always first round every single time. History might say different. <laughs> yeah, it was the first round. Uh, no, <coughs> but under, under underachieving certainly and um, first round flattering to, to deceive maybe, but <laughs> stop saying first round. Um, first round. Wow. Um, 
the, the way they've gone out and it is similar to England in a way where you just go well they just haven't done it have they they've everything's there all the, all the pieces are there but they've they've just not turned up and England have and they played okay and it was <coughs> exciting and the passing was good I want to see for England going back to England I want to see someone actually compare the past completion with this World Cup from this World Cup with with the last European Championships and it has to be higher this World Cup the the passing is quick it's neat yeah. it's intelligent we, we actually we there, I've actually said it. It's the first time I've said we about England in 20 years. But anyway, I, I'm I'm disappointed about England because you, you suddenly, especially with the Liverpool thing, going back to it, Ricky Lambert's in there, Lalana's in there, Sterling's in there. As a Liverpool fan, to see all these players, <coughs> not just being in the England squad, but being the hopes resting on their shoulders, it was so exciting to, to think that this could actually this could actually be something quite special, but it didn't turn out. With Spain, they've made mistakes in the squad. Diego Costa, they thought they needed a striker. They didn't need a, they didn't need a striker. They played um, Cesc Fabregas up front as the false nine, whatever you want to call it. Then, then they probably would have been okay. They, someone has forced them. Probably the Confederations Cup, where Brazil just came out of the blocks in the final and just obliterated them in the first 10, 20 minutes. And they didn't know what had hit them. And suddenly it was like, OK, we're going to have to play balls up to a striker. Because they were playing, <coughs> was it whole cup front, I think? Yeah, probably whole cup front. And they were just playing the ball up to him. And the Spanish couldn't deal with it. So this time they've said, OK, well, that's what's got to... We're back in Brazil. We're not going to fall for the same thing again. So we'll play the ball up to Diego Costa. And he just wasn't up to it. And, and they, they couldn't fit around a striker in that same way because it was never the way they, they wanted to play football. But, yeah. But also, most importantly, don't change your kit. <laughs> oh, I don't know. See, I liked that white kit. I thought the black kit was horrible. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Don't yeah. turn up at a World Cup when you're supposed to be wearing red shirt, blue shorts, and what would you say? I don't know. Black uh, oh, socks? Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Well... If if that should be, all right, so let's say they're red shirt, <coughs> blue shorts, and red socks, which they've been wearing recently. They've gone gone to the World Cup and said, "Okay, we're going to wear all red." Now that looks a stupid decision, because they've gone out and rather pathetically. So it's this this big statement of saying, "Oh, one color kits," and and we're going to scare the opposition. It hasn't really worked out in terms of that white kit that they that they wore. This is what's happened. They've, obviously we're going to talk about kits a little bit but they had the two kits, they had the red kit and the black kit and I was in Spain a few weeks ago and everyone is wearing that black shirt and they're wearing it with like chino shorts and flip flops because it's hot out there and, and shades and looking very sexy with beautiful girlfriends and people in their, in their I would like to say my age but probably just late 20s uh, are wearing that shirt and it's really really popular but obviously they've gone to FIFA and said these are our, these are our shirts. We've got this red shirt and the black shirt. And FIFA have said, well, we told you you've got to have a, uh, a dark shirt and a light shirt. Why have, why have you been so stupid? Now I like the idea that then they said, oh, uh, well, what do we do? Two years of development's gone into these shirts, and now you're saying we can't have them. Uh, here's a white shirt, and just reverse the colours of the home shirt, and and that's what they've got as a as an alternative. But obviously, a, a company like Adidas and and the Spanish national team probably have 
plenty of contingencies, contingencies for the contingencies. So uh, I, I imagine it was it was already there waiting, and it might even be a scam because <coughs> they knew they were going to be told they couldn't wear the black shirt. So they they were given the white shirt. They give the white shirt. They put forward the white shirt and say we're going to wear this instead. And I want to say that that's the best shirt, but it's not. I don't like that white kit. I just don't think it really works. It it doesn't really. It's not really right that they wore all white against um, Holland and Holland. Sorry, Netherlands and the Netherlands wore, wore all blue. Why, why wouldn't one team be wearing their normal colours? So I thought football had died that night, and then the Netherlands beat them five one, and it's one of the greatest football matches I've ever seen. Exactly. I I loved that match purely because <clears throat> it was just so great to see Spain get utterly destroyed. <laughs> And they were destroyed. I mean, it was like watching the the Germany Portugal match was equally as funny because Portugal just fell apart completely, and Germany just took advantage. But I mean, in the Spain one, it was. I mean, I personally, I mean, like you said, like you know, football had died. I thought football had died when Spain won the World Cup because, to me, they bored the ass off me in all the way through that World Cup. Oh, one nil this, one nil that. Literally every single match was one nil. I think the, I think the only one of the group games, I think they might have won two one or two nil or something. And that was the only time they ever scored more than one goal. The rest of the time it was boring possession football, which I cannot stand. Tiki Taka bollocks. I don't care about Tiki Taka. Oh, it's lots of little passes. I don't care. It's really boring to watch. And then you bored the way through the World Cup ground out 1-0s against everybody. It was like watching Argentina in 1990 grinding their way through to the World Cup final by boring everyone else and grinding them down. And then they got to the final and despite the fact that Holland had been good up until this point, suddenly decided to go all kung fu on everyone and kick the crap out of Spain, which didn't work. You know, so thanks for one of the worst World Cup finals ever, you two. I didn't want either of you to win it. In fact, under international law, both of you should have lost. And I should have won the World Cup. (laughs) I'm not sure you, you you had me, but then you lost me when you you're claiming that you have some right to to win that that World Cup. I if like you the want World the Cup. South Africa World Cup, then have it. <clears throat> no, I don't it's, want the whole not, of that tournament. It, I just want the World Cup trophy. Hmm. Well, I I don't think I, I I don't think you should be awarded the World Cup trophy. I'd like I to do. see it. I do for endurance. <laughs> for endurance of, of watching World Cups. <clears throat> yeah, or I could just bung Seth Blatter a massive envelope full of cash and that might influence the decision. It might not. I couldn't possibly say. Mm. I, I, I did love uh, Netherlands, Holland. Uh, Netherlands. <laughs> just oh. call them Holland for God's sake. I don't want to call them Holland. It's only a small area of, of the Netherlands. Oh, you're such a nerd. Well, Everybody it's... knows what you mean. Well, they. It makes me angry when I see Dutch fans actually wearing... Uh, things that say Holland on them. And they do. They wear hats that say Holland and things. <laughs> yeah. You get angry at hats. Yeah, I, what are you, like a modern day Don Quixote? <laughs> uh, I, I probably need to read that again to know what the reference is you're making there. But we'll move on from Uneducated that. Uneducated fool. Let's just stick to football. I, I don't know many things. Literary things, just let's just we discussed this before the podcast. So, anyway, Holland, then, yeah, not Holland, Netherlands. And so, when Holland got to the final, Eindhoven is not in Holland. It's anyway, (laughs) yeah, forget that. Forget, well, I don't want to talk about the World Cup, it was awful. And you're right, the tiki taka 
It wasn't even Tiki Taka in that World Cup. They were rubbish, they were boring, they were slow. Tiki Taka is not slow. Tiki Taka is very quick <clears throat> into play, um, using every play on the pitch. People moving around, is, there's total football elements in it. It's really, Passive really move, good. It's the Liverpool groove. Exactly. So that it is, a, as a Liverpool fan, I will always have have a fondness for Tiki Taka. There's no, there's no problem with Tiki Taka, but that World Cup was awful. Spain were awful. They ground out victories, as you say, and yeah, we we don't need to look back on that. But it was the right thing for Spain to win that World Cup by hook or by crook because they were well, the best team in the world. Exactly, it was like Brazil in '94. They got to the World Cup final by being workmanlike. They weren't flashy. They weren't the Brazil that anyone wanted to watch, but they did what they needed to do to win. And unfortunately, it was boring. Yeah, but Romario got a World <clears throat> Cup out of it. I, I wouldn't like to look back on Romario's career and say he didn't have a World Cup because he was fantastic at the time. So you you have to... When you look back over these tournaments, you you do have to look at the context and say, OK... It wasn't maybe fascinating, but the right thing happened. But whatever. The, forget yeah, those. Forget Spain the history. We hate the right history. Thing. Yeah. This, this World Cup, Netherlands playing Spain. I didn't want Netherlands to go out. Oh, sorry, I didn't want Spain to go out, but I did want Netherlands to... Well, I did enjoy Netherlands getting <clears throat> gaining revenge. I think that was... Um, the way they did it, it was so emphatic. It, I... I think it would have had more impact as well had Spain gone on to beat Chile because it, it really would have been something the Netherlands could look at and say, yeah, we, we got our revenge. It was one game and we just obliterated them. One of those, yeah, just those one-off moments where you, you say, okay, we, we've put that to rest now and we can forget, we can move on, Even, regardless of how far they get in the tournament. But Van Persie's header, that was the moment where I thought, hold on, this World Cup's going to be pretty special because for the ball to come in like that and everyone's obsessed with the fact it was a diving header he didn't really need to score with a diving header the ball was coming in and he could have reached for it to to volley it in he maybe could have brought it down but instead he looked he looked to where the goalkeeper was and said what well, i probably could bring this down i probably could shoot probably could volley There's several things i've got in my locker that i could do here mm, diving header to lob him just the intelligence to do that and the bravery to say this is a good chance and this is how I'm going to score and then to do it to execute it that perfectly yeah I don't I don't even enjoy football as much as I did when I was younger <coughs> but just that that drags you back into it well I made the point on Twitter at the time um, that I actually said I, I feel sorry for people that don't like football uh, because they won't understand the artistry that went into that goal because they will just look at it and go oh he's just headed it mm. and they won't understand how difficult that is how perfect it was and, and how just just how unbelievably amazing that was it'll just like if you don't know football you will just look at that and go that's just a header and you just won't understand and I do genuinely feel sorry for people that cannot understand the, the beauty that was in that goal yeah and scored by Holland Oof. whilst we're on that subject it seems now as well that that the stars are coming good with Messi's goal yesterday oh that was great I was, <laughs> I was, I was gutted I mean I, I missed that um, the, I didn't actually watch it I was uh, listening to the radio because um, I was travelling at the time but 
I mean, Messi for me has always been a big disappointment because he's always well, he yeah, has been in general, because um, he's always rocked up and everyone's you know he's the golden child, he's the next Maradona and that. And okay, that's a lot of pressure to go into a tournament with, but I don't know. I mean, to me, he's still not Maradona. I mean, everyone goes, oh yeah, but you know he's, he's done this with Barcelona and that and blah, blah blah. It's like, but the team's built around him, and it's like it's there's one thing doing it at club level, but doing it on the world stage in that one chance that you get. You know, and in terms of well, actually, Messi's had quite a few chances so far, and, and still not delivered. And I, I mean, I said before the World Cup that I, I would be happy, much as I don't really like Cristiano Ronaldo, so I would be happy to see Portugal win the World Cup if he had the tournament that he could have. Because I mean, like in qualifying, I think in the playoff match that they had, he was absolutely awesome. It's, it seems that he's not going to do that, but. But I, I would be happy to see anything like that. I, I, I'd like to say, and to be honest, now that England are out, and I actually said this the other day, so it's like, it's like you said about 94, you can kind of get on with enjoying the World Cup and, and wanting football to win. Obviously, I would love England to win the World Cup, but if they're out, then it takes the pressure off. And it's like, right, well, okay, now I'm going to sit back and just watch the football itself. And you can watch uh, a team that you wouldn't necessarily normally support and if they're good, you know, and if they're great to watch, you can just enjoy it for what it is. And and I think, like you say, with Messi, it, it that goal that he scored yesterday was was just great. And I'm hoping to see more of that. I mean, the one he scored against Bosnia, people were raving about it. I don't think it was that good. I mean, it took a deflection to go in anyway, but I don't think... I mean, he literally would go, oh yeah, you know, it's Messi dribbling. He took it past about one player and they fell over each other trying to get it. So he literally dribbled it about five yards and then took a shot. It was not... A Maradona quality goal. I'm not saying it wasn't good, but it's just that I just can't stand the way that people immediately start going, oh yeah, it's brilliant, you know. You can almost hear Jonathan Pierce screaming himself to orgasm over it. Yeah. The, there's, an, there's an image you don't want. Well, you say you don't want. Um, <laughs> the the thing with the Messi, uh, the Messi goal against Bosnia, I, this World Cup I've broken my record of, of getting up to, to get a cup of tea and missing goals. There's been so many that I've just got... Oh, you, you you know as you walk out of the room, the, this commentator's squeal gets higher. You think it's happened again. What am I actually doing? And when I say getting a cup of tea, I mean getting biscuits, loads <laughs> and loads of biscuits. But the, the messy goal was one of the ones. The Bosnia one was one of the ones I missed. I remember thinking, oh, it's it's happened. So Messi's now scored a great goal. So this is one I've missed. And I go back in and I watch the replay. Ah, it's deflected. It's okay. It doesn't count doesn't count as a great goal that I've missed. So I was doubly pleased yesterday when he scored against Iran because I, I watched it live and it was so good. And, and it was just the perfect goal in, in that any shot that's going wide of the post and then curls inside the post, that's that's perfect. And in stoppage time, more perfection. Just wonderful. And you say about Cristiano Ronaldo, who knows? There's talk about him being um, being injured and maybe... Maybe not playing. The Portugal play today. When people hear this, if anyone ever listens to it, then I don't know if this that game has already happened or not. We probably should have checked something like that. But yeah, if he plays, then I I, I wouldn't rule out Cristiano Ronaldo coming good. And you never know. You never know what could happen. He's he's this is his last chance. If there's anyone who has a last chance, Messi maybe has one more World Cup when he can do this. Ronaldo doesn't. It won't be. He won't have another opportunity to do it. And again, the narrative, you've got the Portuguese going back to Brazil and you you just can imagine him on a big boat celebrating winning the World Cup, a 
a big Portuguese galleon or something. I read up about that stuff. It's not so much the Portuguese. It's, the imperialism doesn't work as 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 straightforwardly as you'd expect, by the way. But regardless, um, it never does. <laughs> yeah, imperialism isn't all bad. You heard it here first. Um, yeah, the yeah with Ronaldo, it's it might still come good. It's it's fantastic to see Luis Suarez just being as good as as he's supposed to be, and and just in a comic book way. The oh, I'm injured. Oh, I might not play again. Oh, I'm in a wheelchair, and then he comes back and he. he Plays against England, and he, he scores from an assist from his the captain of his club team. You, you cannot make this stuff up. It's you would be you would write bestsellers if you made this stuff up, and it's actually happening. Just wonderful, and and Indeed. a great guy as well. Just couldn't couldn't be a more lovely bloke. And I I sort of mean that genuinely to see him hugging. I mean, I think maybe he was trying to. G Steven Gerrard up for the Costa Rica game because he thought it might be it might have an influence on who went through in the group. But the the comforting of Steven Gerrard at the end of the game was was quite sweet, and so sweet that I I actually started to wonder whether there's something maybe maybe they're lovers. <laughs> and only you would be going down that route. Well, it's tender. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> tender. I also think you're probably a lone voice in in the love for Luis Suarez, unless you're a Liverpool fan. Uh, well, I think Liverpool fans are going to start hating him pretty soon, anyway. As but he's going to leave, isn't he? Well, the the Barcelona and Real Madrid, there is a, a a break clause. Last time Arsenal broke reached the 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 clause in the contract, they they offered four, forty million and one pound, yeah. and and Liverpool laughed at them. And then John Henry went on an, uh, went on some show in America and said, yeah, we just thought, no, we're not going to sell him, even though you have actually triggered the release cause in his contract. We're not going to sell him. Uh, let's, yeah, we'll see you in court. Which is, yeah, which is quite a shocking revelation. I suppose but, the thing is, though, he's got to play for a proper club at some point, hasn't he? Well, you, yeah, I don't... Mm. <laughs> Anyway, going back to the World Cup, I was just going to pick up on the fact that, you, like you were saying about, you missed Messi's goal. Mm. I um I was watching the match the other day. I can't remember who they were playing. It was Croatia playing, and I can't think who the opposition was. And they scored three goals, and I missed all three of them. I was in the room watching the match, but I missed them all because I happened to be. I was getting bored with the match, and I kept sort of flicking down, reading stuff on my iPad. Um, and every single time, three times in a row, I missed the goal. <laughs> Cameroon, Cameroon, was oh, it Cameroon? God, yeah. Oh, Cameroon are awful. Yeah. What What's particularly awful about uh, Cameroon is um, Abubakar. They have a player called Abubakar. Abubakar Berry. Is Is that his name? It's the goalie, isn't it? Abubakar Berry. Oh, oh, really? No, I, I think there's a striker what's... called Abubakar. Oh, sorry. Abubakar oh, plays in France. I think he plays for Lorient or something. Well, <clears throat> um, uh, I think the fans also sing. Uh, uh, sing his name to to the tune of Babushka by um by uh, Kate, who's who's the weird woman from the eighties. Um, oh, Kate Bush. Kate Bush. I'm yeah, t- I, I've just realised, of course, Bubu Carberry plays for Ivory Coast. Sorry, Cote d'Ivoire. That's how I pronounce it. Cote d'Ivoire. No, Cote d'Ivoire. Cote d'Ivoire. You, you, yeah, that's what I said. Ivory just Coast. sorry to go Holland. off at this tangent, but you, they play in the same car as Holland, don't they? 
Anyway, Jupiter Barry. What a great name. Well, it sounds it, like some kind of kids show. Yeah, I think you're glossing over the fact that you've got Cameroon players mixed up with Ivory Coast players. Wait, oh, I've said, said Ivory Coast. It's all <laughs> gone wrong. It's all gone so so badly wrong. It's just my, my true the right. true me comes out. Uh, Cote d'Ivoire is called Cote d'Ivoire because it is illegal. It's it's a law in Cote d'Ivoire that no one is allowed to call Cote d'Ivoire anything other than Cote d'Ivoire. So exonyms where you change the name of a country, uh, depending on your language. So if we call Spain Spain instead of Hispania, that's an exonym. Um, that is that's banned in in Cote d'Ivoire, but it is a worldwide law. So they they have decreed that no one on the planet should be allowed to to call Cote d'Ivoire, for example, Ivory Coast. Um, but I don't. I think I think the other problem there is uh, who cares? I don't. It's Ivory Coast. It, come well, at me, bro. Come at me, Ivory Coast bros. <laughs> I, I think that's that's really what what most people's reaction to that law was. It was uh, yeah, your your country's in. Not not in the best of states, um, which which is obviously a very serious matter in itself. But uh, you're not gonna you're not yeah yeah come test priorities, if you've got a problem yeah. So uh, we were talking about Cameroon. Yeah, Abubakar the striker for Cameroon. Uh, yeah. Very Who also highly... plays in goal for Ivory Coast. Oof. I'm not sure. I'm not sure you should go down that road. Okay, he um, he was wearing. I don't know if you noticed after the game, but Stefan Ambia and uh, Rakitic, it was just signed for Barcelona for Barcelona from Sevilla, uh, and they were teammates last season at Sevilla. They swapped shorts after the game. Did you see that? Yes, I did see that. I wonder what that was all about. Well, it was mainly about them swapping shorts. I think they had already swapped shirts with other players, so they wanted to express their friendship in a in a way that involved in a very very creepy way. <laughs> yeah, in, in involved. Uh, the implication of genital contact, or, or very close to genital contact. Yeah, but please give me those rags soaked with your ass sweat. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, I think it's something I'd like to do one day. One <laughs> in in Sunday pub football. <laughs> or with Boubacar Barry. Well, well, with the Ivory Ghost. Ah, oh, Cote d'Ivoire <laughs> goalkeeper. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, the the big problem was a Boubacar. And this wasn't a problem that Stefan Ambia had. Uh, he he wore green cycling shorts under his red Cameroon shorts. Now, I I don't understand how he he managed to stay on the field. This this is uh, this is something that FIFA have clamped down on, and I I don't understand how it was allowed to go on. Do you, do you have a, a an opinion on this? I have no opinion on this. <laughs> Okay, well, if we want... Well, well, I'm assuming they were visible underneath then. Because shorts these days are like down to your ankles. Yeah, that, this is true. I think this is probably why it's um, it's been allowed to pass because the the shorts are so long over the cycling shorts that it, it was rarely visible. I, I have to admit, I did only notice it on a replay, I think. Um, but, yeah. It's still... That's that, that's that answer then. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it, reprehensible. Um, if we're talking about kits as well... I've noticed as well that uh, obviously Puma wearing very uh, the Puma team is wearing very tight shirts. Uh, Luis Suarez's nipples are higher than all the other Uruguay players. If you check it in the last game they play against Italy, winner takes all. 
Uh, I would say both teams are wearing Puma shirts. I would say that Luis Suarez's nipples will be higher than every other player on the pitch. So all other 21 players on the pitch, you, you'll be able to see Luis Suarez. And, and maybe it's a sign of, of his superiority, um, his footballing superiority as well. I have to say, I watched the whole 90 minutes of the uh, match where Suarez was actually on the pitch and didn't honestly once notice his nipples. Well, you, you can look out for it now. I kind of don't want to. Mm. I feel disturbed now. So is, is is it just that he has high nipples or have his, has he requested Puma put the, the logos and the badges slightly lower? <laughs> so it looks like he has high impression? nipples. Because he has, for some reason, thinks that high nipples is like a thing. Um... I, I don't know. You'd need to speak to Puma. I, I can't confirm either way. I, I think it's just his nipples are higher and uh, nearer to nearer to God, perhaps. Maybe there's He's got something holy nipples. Holy nipples, and that's that's where he. Yes, Samson. The yeah. If you if you take away his. Okay, we're going to move on from that. I think we should. <laughs> the Puma kits are very tight. Um, you will notice a lot of Italy players are either wearing, and I haven't. This is, shows how good this World Cup is that I haven't been looking at the kits that much. But the Puma uh, Italy players, they're either wearing the shirts a couple of sizes too big, so they're a little bit baggier on them, or they're wearing the replica versions. And Messi also Adi Zero shirts. I think. Do you have the the current Argentina shirts? I do. Yeah, and what did, did you get the Adi Zero version? I have the Adi Zero version of the home one, yeah. Yeah, well, Messi weighs, doesn't wear it weighs that. weighs about three grams. Yeah, well, Messi doesn't wear it. Messi's, well, before the tournament, I haven't checked during the tournament, it's been too good, I've been watching the football. Before the tournament, in a friendly, Messi wore the uh, the baggy replica version, the climate <clears> ball, or whatever it is. So, yeah, so... Well, the, they did that in the last one when they had the tech fit. Half the players wore the tech fit yeah. ones and half of them didn't because they didn't like it. Yeah. But, um, well, the one thing I have noticed, actually, with quite a lot of the kits at this World Cup, is they're really see-through. And I'm not talking about Suarez's nipples again. I've noticed that quite a lot of them are wearing shirts underneath mm. with some kind of slogan on it. And you can see straight through the shirts. And it's I don't know if it's just because they're making them incredibly light, because obviously it's hot in Brazil. But I have noticed that more than any other World Cup have noticed it before. It's just that you literally, sometimes, you can see straight through the shirt. Um, yeah, well, being so light, you... You, it would follow that they're very thin. Um, in terms of slogans showing on shirts underneath, I believe that FIFA has banned that as well. So that would be an... Well, someone had it the other day. Oh, well, that would be an instant yellow card for that it player. Uh, even if he doesn't remove the shirt, if he shows the uh, the message underneath the shirt, then, yeah, it would be a big trouble. Ooh. Well, he got away with it. Oh, we didn't score, though, did he? Uh, yes, good point. I don't think he did. Um, okay, do we have much more to talk about? Um, what have well, we not was, talked about? Uh, we haven't actually talked much about kits, to be honest, but I was about to say, um, one thing I did notice the other day was uh, a footballer wearing black boots. Actual black boots. Both the same boots, the same colour, <laughs> and they were black. Yeah. Which was noteworthy. <laughs> yeah. I... Oh, that's the other thing, because everybody started wearing different coloured boots in this World Cup. Well... That, do, you, do you mean left and right? Yes. Well, not everybody. It's Puma. No, all right. Well, I, okay, I. Not everybody then. Some people. The, well, the ones who are who. The ones who play for Ivory Coast and Holland. No, it's 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 obviously a boot contract, isn't it? So, 
Not Holland? Oh, oh you've just done that. You sucker. <laughs> oh, I fell for it. Okay, the it, Puma, t- Puma players... This is semi-interesting. Semi-interesting. You say that before you've said it. We... <laughs> Who am I trying to convince myself? <laughs> the the Puma boots, are generally blue boot on left foot, pink boot on right foot. I also noticed that the goalkeepers wearing, I think, pink boots on... Sorry, pink glove on left hand. Sorry, blue glove on left hand. Pink glove on right hand. Apart from the Switzerland goalkeeper who had the gloves the other way around. He had a, a pink glove on his left hand and a blue glove on his right hand. So Maybe he's got everybody else's other pairs. Well, maybe. But it is, it is quite nice to, to realise that you could actually make a set if you wanted to. It is actually possible. But I wonder whether it's um, whether you're left or right-handed and left or right-footed. So we have to look out for some left-footed players to see if they're wearing the, the pink boot on their left leg. On their left foot and... And yeah, and and then eventually after the World Cup, make some proper pairs and s- stop people looking like idiots. One thing I did notice actually, which was kind of disheartening in terms of boot wear, was um, the French team when they played the other day, and they have their very very stylish kit uh, with kind of very dark blue um, shirts, the white shorts, and the very dark red socks. Mm. Looks very nice. Yeah, it doesn't look so great when half your team are wearing luminous yellow boots. It really takes the edge off. Yeah, the the idea is that it's a classic kit, and I don't think they have worn what you've just... Did you describe blue shirt, white shorts, and red socks? Yes, I did, and they have worn it. No, they haven't. Oh, did they wear blue shorts? They wore blue shorts, yeah. I think oh, they wore their away shorts in the first game, and then the second game they wore right. white, blue, white. But, obviously, I, I have been... No- I did notice that. And I am... I think I, I am going to support France for the rest of the World Cup because they are brilliant and I am French. So, uh, yeah, it seems to seems to work quite well. Um, your accent's disappeared somewhat. Well, <laughs> uh, I'm, unless I'm not... It was, the, it was the crouch end part of France. I like, I like that you think that's where I'm from. I have no idea where you're from. <laughs> well, I'm just going on your slightly cockney voice. <laughs> I, I'll take that as a compliment. Crouch it ends wasn't. as well, not bad. Uh, the yeah, the thing with France, yeah, I agree entirely. The the kit is fantastic, but people are getting a little bit too obsessed with this France kit. And there's been an article written on the Guardian website this week. Someone wrote in, and someone wrote in another journalist said oh, this would be a good question for you to answer from a reader um, someone wrote in and said is it acceptable for me I'm not in Brazil, I'm in Bristol is it acceptable for me to go around wearing an England shirt i.e. is it acceptable for me, grown men to wear football shirts now this is a, a matter quite close to my heart the answer is no but carry on well the answer is unless you're playing football well the, the answer is no but also I don't care and so it this was before England got knocked out of the World Cup. And her answer um, was just so... She's a fashion journalist. And it was so ill-informed. And it was just meant to be glib and just mock this man for wearing a football shirt. And then she went on about how wonderful the France shirt is because it's so tailored and lovely and everything. Ignoring the it's, fact... Can I, can I just say, isn't fashion journalist an oxymoron? <laughs> well, you, you could say that. It's interesting as well. But she she stated that the England shirt comes in two versions. Uh, 
the £60 version and the £90 version, this is something that I've got angry about before when people have suggested <sighs> yeah, that, that, that you have to pay £90 yeah. for the England show, which is just ridiculous. It was yeah. never the case that that... Noob. And it was only the authentic version. And the authentic yeah. version... This, this person, Hadley Freeman is her name, she said in her article that there is no discernible difference between the two. Now, she's a fashion journalist. I would suggest that the cut being completely different of two items of clothing is quite important in fashion. Is that not one of the most important things for a, for a garment, the cut? I, I would have thought it's one of the things to consider, yes. Is it one of the things that she should care about more than football fans care about who are deciding whether to pay £60 or £90 for a football shirt. But regardless, I, I'm sure Hadley Freeman is, is a wonderful person uh, and a wonderful fashion journalist. She just annoyed me by... Uh, not knowing anything about football shirts, but thinking she could uh, pass judgment on a guy who who wanted to wear an England shirt to support to express his his support of the England national team, and her answer to him was no, wear a France shirt because it's nice. But, yeah, but <laughs> that's mixing the world of non-football people with football, isn't it? Yeah, but maybe that, sh- that shouldn't happen then, should it? But. That that's <laughs> I, I'm just going to relax on that. Uh, what have we not covered yet? We've we've Brazil. They've been mediocre. I was going to say we haven't really talked about Brazil. I I'm kind of almost hoping they get knocked out in the first round because that would be hilarious. Yeah, it's they're not going to though. But... No, they're they're going to go through. But the the good thing about 2002 World Cup, I know you don't like it very much, but it was great because it was it was a neutral venue. And that's what we're missing at this at this World Cup because Brazil are always going to be one of the favourites, and they they might actually get through. And with the support behind them and so on, even without playing particularly well, they they're probably going to get to the semis at, at the very least. In the same way, Germany got through to the semis in two thousand and six, even though they were actually quite a good team as well. The when you play in a country, Japan and South Korea, I'm c- completely contradicting myself because South Korea got to the semi final in two thousand two, but you did actually go into that tournament thinking this is set up for anyone to win it. Any of the big teams, so England, Brazil, Italy, France and so on, Argentina at the time, even though they got knocked out early and so on. You did actually think this is this is the setting because the stadiums are great. The all right, the temperatures may be a bit muggy in the daytime, but it was it was to say we've got all the best teams in the world. No one has a an undue advantage and let's see how they get on so if Brazil did get knocked out then that would be the case here but I, I can't really see it happening as you say no I can't but I mean well, I don't know they always say like um, you know it always it benefits the tournament if the host stays in but I think it's quite funny if the host gets knocked out early yeah well, if... I can understand why because they want the locals to, to sort of keep supporting it but I don't know I think it's funny it would be hilarious if Brazil got knocked out in the first round on home soil. That would be would that be worse than 1950 or not? Uh, it it wouldn't lay the ghost of 1950 to rest. <laughs> they'd be, they'd be campaigning for another World Cup in Brazil pretty soon. Well, yeah. Well, at least they've got the stadium to host it now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. If they are not just torn to the ground. Before well, assuming, they have, assuming they haven't collapsed. <laughs> well, yeah, there is that as well. Um, yeah, so Brazil not not been 
particularly excited by them, but there's still time for them. Still time for Neymar again. There's uh, we'll, we'll have to. Yeah, it it look it is looking like a tournament, and and that's another thing. Everyone said it would be very patient, build up play, and then there'll be short bursts of of attacking play. Well, that just hasn't hasn't come to pass. There's been so much attacking play. It's been end to end football. There's been a an insistence on inta- on attacking play. It seems to me, just watching. Maybe I'm looking um, through rose cut rose tinted uh, spectacles, but it. It seems no, to be. I, I agree. I agree. It seems to be. I don't know. Just straight out the gates, everyone seems to be mm. going for it, and it was just like, and it's an odd thing because, like you say, because of the heat, everyone had predicted that you know it's going to be very slow yeah. and boring, and yet no one seems to have told the teams that because they all seem to have. Got, and it's really odd because normally at a tournament like this, everyone does take it's like especially in the group stages because they're all really cautious because they don't want to lose, and but no, everybody just seems to be going for it. It's like fantastic. Yeah. Uh, with England, maybe maybe that was England prepared too well because England perhaps are a team who who have been a little bit too guilty of that. The passing has been quite quick, but it it's been patient, and that's what that's what the press in in this country are getting on their back about that that they're not incisive enough. Well, you didn't think going into this tournament you would need to be. It was always going to be patient, build up play, and then just when the, when you see a couple of openings, that's when you go for it. When instead they've just the barrage after just after half time against Uruguay, when they thought, okay, we're going to get back into the game, it was so close to, I think it would have been two, they would have been two nil down, and they just didn't expect it at all. And yeah, and France as well, France particularly, just relentless attacking play. I I did see that Costa Rica, another team who have been that way, just overpowering, overpowering the opponents with relentless attacking play they had seven players drug tested the other day cool. yeah it's, it's meant to be two uh, FIFA have said that those the players that they chose weren't actually drug tested in the run up to the tournament where apparently all the players have to be drug tested before so it was it was catching up on, on work that should have been done beforehand but yeah seven players and you can I think we, we can guess why firstly because FIFA would have preferred um, Uruguay and Italy, and or oh, sorry, one two out of England, Uruguay and Italy to have gone through from the group, and instead Costa Rica are, uh, are going through. Um, but the other reason is everyone's just been so surprised with with how how fast, how quick, how um, the the swashbuckling style of of Costa Rica. I never never thought that it would be possible that there'd be a, any team would play like that, and and certainly. The supposed minnows. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that Costa Rica gone through. And that was the thing, actually, when when um, they won the other day, and that knocked England out. And everyone, really, the one thing that did really annoy me. And I went, okay, I can understand why they cover it so much on the news because that's in effect when England have gone out. But it's just like, you know, actually, the fact that Costa Rica won was quite a big deal in itself. Yeah. And it's like, but no, England are out. That's what matters. And I suppose, logically, for this country, it would be what matters. But uh, it, uh, it's a shame that the actual story got buried in itself because it was uh, fantastic. Yeah. The other thing with, with, obviously, after the Costa Rica game, which is a little bit odd, England generally get knocked out after their own game. So they knocked out on penalties or, or however they're knocked out. Um, and then you have the montage at the end. It's generally on the BBC. So you have the montage at the end and, and 
the first thing you have is, which is a, a national tradition now, is, is Gary Lineker looking particularly glum as he says good night for the day or or that's <laughs> it, England are gone. And and the face he pulls is, is quite a picture. But then you have the the montage of, of what's gone on and they managed to spell Uruguay wrong. They they had like big headlines as the montage was running, probably on YouTube, and they spelt Uruguay U R U G A U Y, I think, <laughs> which is so poor. I don't actually. It's, it's another moment where you just say, "What's happened to this country?" And oh, no. that's that, that's the BBC, such an institution, and and they allow the pun, actually. The, actually, one thing we haven't talked about is the punditry. It's just been awful, yeah. as usual. Yeah, the the Phil Neville thing is. I did listen to it. I didn't get angry. I just listened to it and went, he's a little bit boring, isn't he? And <laughs> I have to be very careful of my glass house at this moment. But the the Phil Neville thing was just, why have they got him? If he's going to talk that way, if he's going to, if there's going to be no emotion in his voice, if he's, if he's just going to be bland, if he's just going to be slow like that, why, why, have they, why have they got him? Because there are better pundits than him. And then... He's reacted, so there's been a backlash. And now, if you listen to him, it just sounds like Gary Neville, and and it's like the BBC look going, yeah, that is exactly why we employed you. We wanted Gary Neville. He we couldn't afford Gary Neville, so instead we've got you. So well done. You, you the penny has dropped eventually. You you've now become your brother, your much better brother. I think what's frustrating as well is that they they seem stuck in this mindset of let's get some ex pros in. It's like. Okay, I understand the mentality is that they've played the game, but the problem is the majority of footballers are not the brightest people in the world. So getting them in to then suddenly have to talk and analyse what they've been doing for years, you know, when they probably haven't been analysing it that much while they were doing it, doesn't always work. And they seem to find the dullest of people as well. Or ones that just, I mean, I think in the 2010 World Cup there was a lot of criticism because none of them clearly had done any research. I remember one time they were talking about Shearer and he said, uh, oh yeah, there's some guy from that one, uh, I can't remember his name. And it's like, oh, for God's sake, well, you know what, you're being paid to do this. I mean, okay, I can confuse Cote d'Ivoire players with uh, Cameroon players because they've got the same name. But hey, I'm not paid to do this. This is my Sunday time that I'm taking up free. So, you know, if you're going to pay me what you're going to pay on Shearer, I might read a bit more about it. So are you are you attacking me for not paying you for this? Is this is this what's happening here? Well, that that's what we agreed, wasn't it? No, I, I thought I was getting you know at least at least a pony for this, <laughs> an, an actual physical pony. Oh, all oh, right, okay. Well, you just uh, just tell it to me in a language that I'll understand. <laughs> yeah, quite. You know, you were going to go up the apples and pears, go blimey, chim chimney, ho he ho, because you're French. Oh, whoa, it's it's cockney, <laughs> I've gone Alan pa- anti cockney. Gone Alan Partridge. Um, okay. Well, yeah, you've insulted uh, insulted me for being from London, which I'm not, and and also for being French, which I kind of am. So kind of. Stop trying to claim it. I I really am. I I can't. Okay. So <laughs> let's just. I think. I think we've covered most things that we need to cover. I think we have. If, is there anything else that you'd you'd like to dis- any other business that you'd like to discuss? Um, only that it's it's nice to have had a World Cup so far where nobody has complained about the ball. Yeah, 
Because I... that, that got really boring. World Cup after World Cup. Oh, the ball's made of, like, feathers and it flies everywhere. Wow, I can't kick a ball. Uh, whereas this one, they seem to have, I don't know, made it with lead or something, so everyone's happy with it. Um, I... Oh, I should should I plug an article I wrote? I wrote an article about the the Jabalani, um, very just after the start of the the South Africa twenty ten World Cup, and it just I was just appalled because it is something that you have every tournament, and but at the start of each tournament when you have this debate, no one mentions that it you had the same debate before the last tournament. So it's like, oh no, that all the other balls have been great for all the other tournaments, but this time they've really messed up. Well, that's not the case at all. It's always going to be slightly different because because you have altitude or you have diff- you have humidity and so on. So most of the players are playing in a climate that they're not used to. So the ball will be different for, on a subjective level, the ball will be different. But that's maybe any ball would have been different. And I didn't even notice it with the Jabalani much. There was a couple of instances. But generally, if you curled it off the inside of your foot, the ball curled. That's what it's supposed to do. The Remember, Ronaldo and Pirlo as well, the sort of free kick that Pirlo hit against England, where it hit the crossbar. These, there's a specific technique, which is cheating, which is positioning the ball so you hit the valve. That's the way Ronaldo scored those goals when he was in the Premier League, and they've probably changed the valves now to make it not as easy. But there is a a harder part of the ball that they've found, and they've realised if you kick it like that, it's as if it's weighted on one side, and the ball moves strangely in the air. So don't blame a football for that. It was probably because Ronaldo wasn't managing to score in the last World Cup that he was complaining about so much. And it's probably not a coincidence that he's sponsored by Nike rather than Adidas. And it was a lot of the goalkeepers that were sponsored by Nike as well who were complaining about the ball movement. So it was rubbish then, or it was certainly uh, exaggerated then. This time, thank thank whoever, we haven't got the same debate because it's just been a great World Cup and no one can complain about anything. There have been great saves as well. Um, the Mexico keeper had a, had a great game. I actually noticed I was... I, I went onto the Ajaxio... I think it's Ajaxio that he plays for in France. And I went onto their website for something I was doing for work. And they, uh, they they just had a whole thing about him. Obviously, he's their, I would guess he's their only player. They might have a couple of Algerian players, but he's their only player at the World Cup, the Mexican goalkeeper, Ochoa. Do you, do you know his name? Nope. Okay. Uh, if it ain't Boubacar Barry, I don't care. It's not. Uh, that's the Cote d'Ivoire goalkeeper. Um, Over coast. Uh, so he had a great game, and he made a save against... Brazil, like the Gordon Banks save against Brazil, and Neymar wears number 10, like Pelé, who did that header in 1970, wore number 10, and so on. So there's lots of parallels with that. But I'd noticed, I'd been on their website, and they were they were talking him up in quite a big way, how great he was. And so it wasn't a great surprise to me when we saw him. I think a lot of people were like, who's this guy? Well, I, I kind of knew that he played for Ajaxio. I might be completely wrong. And someone please tweet me. Uh, if you if I'm wrong and I'm getting two people completely mixed up, but I think he's the Ajaxio goalkeeper in France, and he's good. So that's my. Is that the final thought about the World Cup? Ajaxio have a have a goalkeeper there who's quite good. Well, if you want it to tail off and, and just die a death, then I suppose it is. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, that is. We, we could have ended on a high, but uh, one more anecdote just killed it. Yes. <laughs> um, um, 
Actually, one other thing I was going to say very quickly was that um, actually generally the refereeing standard has been quite good in this. There's been some, there's been one or two shocking decisions, but I think overall they've been pretty good, and I'm really enjoying the spray. Oh yeah, the, well I again that is something I knew about, and I knew they'd been doing it a few years ago. I thought it had been abandoned, and I didn't know it was going to happen in this World Cup. I knew they were doing it in South America a couple of years ago. I read about it in World Soccer or something, and I thought. Yeah, that's a great idea. Can't see a problem with that. Then I didn't hear anything about it again. I haven't watched a huge amount of South American football, so maybe I, it has been going on and I missed it. But yeah, um, brilliant. Uh, uh, foolproof, I would say. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just obvious. Simple but and it works. Yeah. It's yeah, and it, it needed someone to um, to to put in a system that that worked perfectly in terms of. The, the spray actually dissolving after a certain amount of time and they've got the timing right because you, you never seem to notice oh yeah there's that line from a few minutes ago so no um, yeah works perfectly that's really good I, I don't know I don't know if I agree with your idea about the I know the refereeing might be okay the officiating has been abysmal um, the with with there's two sides to this coin there's the idea that that onside goals have been given offside so we've had goals disallowed when they were... I don't know if there's such a thing as onside. I, I always forget whether there is or not. I think it's, you're either offside or you're not offside. But um, we've had goals disallowed when players have not been in an offside position. And that's that's the worst thing that can possibly happen. The other thing that's happening is the commentators are saying when a player it has his leg ahead of the ball on the replay, what a brilliant decision by the linesman. That is not a brilliant decision. The whole point is that any doubt should be given to the attacking player. So I would argue that if a player's leg is ahead of the defender and he is flagged offside, then the doubt was not given to the attacking side. And that is the reason why we are having goals disallowed when the players are definitely not offside. Because the marginal ones, because they shouldn't be getting marginal decisions. They shouldn't be getting marginal decisions when the player is offside, they shouldn't be getting it right. It should be a we should be moving towards a case where offside is a guide rather than something that people are relying on in that way and stepping up in that way. It was only ever there to stop people goal hanging as far as I know. I mean, I might be wrong, but it seems to, to keep the play moving from end to end rather than having, and probably to avoid long ball as well. That's why we had offside. We didn't always have it. And for it now to be used and abused in this way is terrible. So FIFA have said if there is any doubt and, and that's the same for any decision if you're not sure about something you don't give a decision so they shouldn't be given offside unless they're sure about it so the the decisions that the the punditry teams are saying or, or the co-commentators are saying what a great decision it's not a great decision because he wasn't sure but he gave it anyway he guessed and he got it right and that's and when they guess and they get it wrong goals are being chalked off and, and I'm not in favour of that never mind just get over it <laughs> well it's it gets to me the, the reason <laughs> clearly yeah but the reason the other thing is that that came in that the thing about giving the benefit of the doubt to the attacking players that coincided with Messi and Ronaldo really hitting form and scoring goals like we, we hadn't seen for 10, 15, 20 years apart from if you include Jardel for Porto. So 
their scoring, suddenly people went. Because at the time, when people were saying about giving the benefit of the doubt to attackers in offside situations, they were also saying it's time we, we enlarge the goals because the people are getting, goalkeepers are getting taller, but we're not increasing the size of the, of the goal frame. And suddenly there's no talk about that anymore, which I think is the same reason why we're not getting more angry about um, linesmen quite obviously not giving the benefit of the doubt to the attacking players in offside uh, when it comes to offside decisions. Well, we, we can't end on that note because I've just ranted for about five <laughs> minutes on the subject. So think of something good to say about the World Cup. It's great. Goal line technology works. Goal line technology. Goal line, goal line technology, but the best part about that was watching Jonathan Pierce talk absolute bollocks when he got confused by it. Is it? Is it a goal? Is it a goal? I can't tell. Goal line technology can't make up its mind. No, it was just pointing out two different instances, and it was clarifying that the first one wasn't a goal. You twat. Yeah. You. Yeah. I. I didn't get it. everybody else in the world could see that. Yeah. Why it, can't you? You fat-headed. Oh. <laughs> I. I agree, and it was brilliant. I mean, what he was complaining about was what made it exactly how it should be. The suspense, exactly. the relief, followed by the, the, the dashing of all hope when, for Honduras when, when they saw it. And, and Because even if you are a moron and you don't actually realise what's going on, you look and you think, oh, they're not going to give the goal. And then the ball comes across and it's like, hold on, there's still something still to come. So, yeah, brilliant. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. It worked perfectly. Been needed for years. And, you know, everyone that's bitched about it, oh, we shouldn't have technology. Bollocks. It took like seconds to do and it works perfectly. Uh, I, I don't I don't know that I necessarily agree that... Um, yeah, what? Well, I don't agree that you necessarily needed it. But I now it's here. And especially for something like the World Cup, I think it's great. It was needed. Well, Shut up. I, we, Shut up. No, but, but Shut I, up. that was kind Shut of... Up. Shut up! It was kind of a cadence, so we, we could have ended on, on that if you hadn't argued the toss. Well, I didn't. You did. Well, yeah, so but there. Then, no. then I gave us the cadence. No, I don't want it. I don't want the cadence. <sighs> don't do cadences. Is that how you pronounce cadence? Is it pronounced that way? You can if you want. Okay, so... so the... Same as pronounced Netherlands-Holland. <sighs> no. And on that note... <laughs> okay, yeah, we are going to actually stop now. So I don't, I don't know how this has actually worked out, but... Uh, if it's okay, we, we, we'll probably we'll probably listen back to this, and if we decide it's okay, we might do another one of these. Do you want to do another one of these, Rich? Oh, I'm happy to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've I've just I've come up with a good name for it. Rich and Joe's World Cup Waffle. <laughs> uh, waffle is the word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so th- we will call it a day there, I think, and uh, maybe maybe we'll do this again and talk about more World Cup games, um, which will probably be the last group games and maybe the start of the second round games. Oh, yes. Yeah, exciting stuff. Okay. Oh, yes. So thanks for that, Rich. And thank you, Jay. And uh, goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody. Is anyone listening? Yeah. Bye-bye, all two of you. Bye-bye. <laughs> See ya.